0: So today I am joined by Claudia, who, if you don't know, she is she was my first ever coach, um, which I think was maybe 2020, I want to say, early 2020. Um, and now we are like super cringy best friends who talk to each other 24-7. Um, so I'm super excited to have her on and talk about business, but also just to have a chat with somebody who I love talking to. So welcome. Do you want to give a bit of an intro of yourself, what you do, what your business is, all of the things?
1: hello thank you so much for having me first of all it's so funny to have this like formal introduction when like you said we literally talk to each other 24 7 i feel like we give each other little podcast episodes over voice notes every day um but yeah let me introduce myself i was just saying before we started recording that i don't think i've done a proper intro of myself in this new version of um of business let's call it this way so hello I'm Claudia, and I am the founder of Bold in Business, and I am a life-first business mentoring coach. Um, What it means is that I basically help women who want to either start a life-first business or sort of shift their business into a more life-first way when it comes to content, sales, scaling, and everything that has to do with making their vision come to life through their strategy and mindset. And I think I I have this thing. I was trying to remember the exact words that I have in my bio, but it's very much Content strategy, no fluff sales, meets leader energy, and yeah, that's me really. I love hearing
0: you say this out loud because, like, I
1: said it out loud. So,
0: <laughs> like, I've heard you working through all of the stuff to get to that point, right? So it feels like I'm seeing the finished product. How does it feel saying it out loud? Like
1: I have, like I have to practice it more. <laughs> like actually, <laughs> I should probably practice this at least one time before I said it out loud, but it feels good and I think that the thing that feels the best is the founder of that first bit it's not just oh, I'm Claudia and I'm a coach um which used to be my kind of intro it feels nice to kind of stand behind a brand and a clearer mission you know can you talk more about that about why it was important to do that for you Yeah, so for a bit of context, I started my coaching business in 2019, as everyone does with a personal brand, Claudia Mandjak, always been a business and mindset coach. And then as time went by, and a lot of stuff went on behind the scenes, I mean, we could literally spend the next month talking about this. um, I started realizing that I am ready to move away from selling as a personal brand. And that decision felt very difficult. And Gemma knows literally better than anyone in my life. Um, how hard that was because I was very attached to what I had built. And it was very important for me to start removing my identity from the brand, my own personal identity and self-worth. And I really also wanted a brand that people could identify with. And I didn't want this uh, being completely selfish. I I mean, to be honest, majority of my decision was very selfish because I wanted to. Um, What I was going to say is that I wanted people to have something to identify with and for it not to be me because then I felt like people, I didn't want people to want to be me. I wanted people to feel inspired by something. And to me, this is what bold in business is all about. It's very much being yourself. I personally believe that being yourself is the boldest thing you could do in life and business. And this is where bold in business came from. So it was a very long-winded two years ish decision. Um, and again, Gemma knows better than anyone that it was a mess behind the scenes in terms of what I was going to do and oh and I had a baby in between as well just (laughs) as an FYI so it was um it was quite a journey but ultimately it came down to the fact that I didn't want to be selling as a personal brand anymore it didn't feel right for who I am I love that you're just like oh and I had a baby in the middle like it was like (laughs) no big deal no big deal
0: (laughs) do you think that affected things as well like do you think maybe if you hadn't had a baby at that time maybe things would be different now in business
1: I actually don't think so to be honest I think um, Evelyn my daughter I love saying her name still 14 months later (laughs) I feel like um, Evelyn basically helped me become more of myself and it kind of forced me to make these decisions that I was kind of sitting on. I actually sent an email to my list a few weeks ago about the fact that I literally feel like I've been sitting on bald in business for two years, um, thinking, should I do it? Should I not do it? Is it a bad idea? Is it a good idea? And I think the thing that has felt the hardest for me in this and why motherhood really, it was kind of like a cherry on top. I'll, I'll talk about that in a second was the fact that I started a new brand, what, seven weeks ago, almost, um, when things were actually going well with the previous brand. You hear time and time again of people making changes, starting new brands, closing down businesses and so on. But I think what made it hard for me was the fact that before I went to maternity leave, I had two of my most successful launches. I was making money. People were coming to me. There was no problem. So for me to decide to move away from that and do something completely new felt very scary. And to go back to your question of, would I have done it differently or would I not be doing that at all without Evelyn? I probably would be doing it, but maybe with not as much conviction as I am doing it now. Because now, since becoming a mom, I have been, there has been this concept in my head that I couldn't give a name to. And now I'm calling it a life first business. This is the thing. That now is basically my North Star, both in terms of my business and what I do for clients as well, which is basically building a business that puts you first in terms of your lifestyle, your goals, that really allows you to shine, to be the best version of yourself, the happiest version of yourself, the most aligned version of yourself. And probably I wouldn't have had the life first business idea without Evelyn, but would I have changed stuff over to a brand? Yes, I think I would have. I
0: think a lot of people I talk to have this idea of, having a thing
1: um and I think it's really the the pressure
0: yeah and it's really hard to to come up with and I think we're both really good examples of the fact that like you cannot just think your way to the thing like you can't just decide I need a thing and I'm gonna figure it out today because both of us have been on like very similar journeys and I feel like it was just you had to keep showing up keep doing the work and then one day you were like oh my god I've got it
1: Yeah. I feel like having the thing is, it's, it's a huge conversation because again, there's so much pressure around like, what is your thing? What do you want to be known for? What is your niche? What is the thing that makes you special? And I think that um, with that in mind, it puts a lot of people in a box that they don't actually want to be in. And I think exactly like you said, for me personally, and it's only my personal journey, everyone's journey is different. But if I think about clients, again, very different journeys. For me, it was exactly what you said, which is doing the thing. Like, The more I did, the more clarity I got, basically. And let's remember that I have been in this business for almost four years. So it did take some time. And also my thing has changed throughout different seasons. And I do think that for anyone listening, they need to realize that it's okay for your thing to shift and for your thing to change and for you to change your mind. Like I've changed my mind a lot of times and I'm still changing my mind a lot of times. And I am so okay with that because if I didn't, I wouldn't be true to myself. Mm -hmm. And I've never asked you this question, but
0: when you were pregnant, I guess you probably had some sort of idea of how things might go. Like, I know you did those two big launches. that I remember like watching and being like, wow, she's doing amazing. Um, And maybe you had an idea of like what, when you were going to kind of come back into things and how that was going to go and things you were going to launch. Did you have a kind of vision in your head?
1: And if you did, did things go to plan? I think this answer is going to surprise most people. Yeah, The reality is that I didn't. I um, I think I don't say this very often, but I was smart. I was very smart by not making too clear of a plan because in my head I knew things were going to change radically, but I had no idea how because I don't have any experience with babies, pre-baby. I don't have any siblings. I don't have family around with little babies, so I had no idea how it was going to change. So my biggest um, my biggest priority was one, making money. <laughs> Having money, feeling safe, which I managed to, and I feel so good for that. And because I've made the right decisions financially. And number two is creating space. I wanted to create space so I can shift into whatever was needed. So what I practically did that I'm super happy that I did is create two core programs that I can sell time and time again. That I have been selling that I'm selling and I'll continue to sell probably for years to come a list of version of them. But other than that honestly I was like I don't know how many hours I'm going to want to work or if I'll want to do a lot of one to one or shift into something else. So I didn't make any major plans and I think this is often very surprising to people because you hear this thing of like I built 10 funnels and I hired this huge team and I did all these automations. But what I found and I have spoken to moms in business is that they'll have their baby and then they realize that they're shifting into a very different version of themselves. So the previous version, the pre-baby one is just gone. (laughs) So it doesn't work for them anymore. Like I know at least three to four moms, they invested a lot of money and energy into creating something that they then had to ditch after motherhood because it just didn't work for them anymore.
0: Mm -hmm. That's like such an interesting point for like me not having kids because like, of course, it makes sense. Like our identity shifts all the time, right? Especially with the big things that happen in life. And so you can plan for the future, but actually if you're a different person by the time the future rolls around, then the plan was almost pointless.
1: Yeah. And like for me personally, and I actually know, I know that I'm not the only one from speaking to other moms is, um, I feel like I was a lot more in my masculine pre-motherhood where it was very much like go 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 uh much more of associating my self-worth with my productivity with my income with results um a lot more external validation there's still some of that obviously but a lot more and then i feel like i gave birth and i went into a bubble like for months and months of just like early motherhood like just insanity and then i came out of that bit by bit into a much softer version of myself and i would say also a much more um Maybe not multi-passionate, but I just became a lot more chilled. (laughs) And if I were to have ran the business that me three years ago had in mind for me right now, I would absolutely hate it because it would just be too complicated and too many moving parts. And also from a kind of time and energy capacity, I just would not be able to do it because it would exhaust me. So I really would say for anyone thinking about having kids, just especially if you've been in business for longer like what are the core things that you will always keep with you or you think you'll always keep with you everything else just try to be a little bit flexible because things will be very different than anything you've imagined like for full transparency I mean Gemma knows (laughs) I thought I was going to be back to launching after six weeks (laughs) like genuinely I thought I was going to be just you know running my business you know like a CEO mama like just working all the freaking time you know having any when my baby was three months old and it was not like that at all so just be prepared for things to turn out completely differently than what you had in mind. And I guess I know the answer to this
0: but when you just said you thought you would be coming back and launching after six weeks and then that didn't happen what was your thought process then? Like, did that come with any challenges? Did you just accept that and move on, or was there any kind of like, oh my gosh, I should be doing different?
1: Like, what was the the thoughts that were going around your head at that point? Oh my god, it was. Uh, can I swear? Yeah, go for it. Uh, it was a mindfuck. It was probably the biggest mindfuck of my life. Um, again, I consider myself very lucky because I didn't, I didn't, and I don't have financial pressure because I've set up my business in a certain way but I think if I wouldn't have had that, I would have struggled so much more. Um, but it was, honestly, it was terrible. <laughs> I, I struggled with a lot of guilt. And again, I walked into motherhood thinking, oh, I know I'm going to have mom guilt. Everyone has mom guilt. Um, because they think, you know, you're not working hard enough. You're not mommying hard enough. You're not womaning hard enough. You're not this and that and that. Um, but I really was struggling because a lot of my identity, again, this is where I realized a lot of my identity had been tied in the business and noticing myself, you know, not showing up, not sending emails, not going back to my podcast, not doing Instagram stories, um, not seeing the numbers, you know, like go up and up and up. Like, for example, before maternity, I was doing so well, like my account had grown um. You know, it might seem very little to some, but it went from sort of three to 4,000 on Instagram to maybe uh, 7,000 plus, um, which was huge for me. Uh, my podcast downloads were growing up. My email list was growing every single day. And then to kind of stop, it just really hit me in terms of especially my nervous system. I started just becoming very stressed and thinking, oh, like I'm behind, I'm behind, I'm behind. And that's actually, I think, I mean, again, you know, but I think this is where I slowly realized that. Something has to change, like something had to give. Um, and this is where I slowly started the journey towards what turned out to be a lifers business. Um, I didn't realize how attached I was to the business when it comes to feeling like myself. And it, then when I stepped away from the business to obviously look after my baby, it, the question came of who am I outside the business? Who am I outside making money? Who am I outside transforming people's businesses and life? And I was faced with a big, um, with with a lot of emotions put it that way I
0: think this is something that so many people will relate to even if it's not the baby example but that idea of I am my business my business is me and then if the business isn't going well or somebody leaves a crappy comment or a bad review or something like that then they are leaving a bad review of me as a person because the business is me and it's just so closely tied to our identity that it's like I don't feel like you realize it until you're in it too deep and then you're like, oh God, hang on a minute. Um, And I think it's really, really hard. Is there anything that you would say you would recommend doing to like shift out of that or come out the other side of it?
1: Oh my God, it's it's very hard. I'm not going to tell you there's a magic trick they can do today and it's going to work. I think um, some of it has to do with uh, our language and how we refer to the business. For example, um, and again, Gemma and I talk about this, You know, oh my God, I only have X story views. But it's not you, the person, um, or I only made X amount this month. But it's not you; it's the business. Starting to shift some of that language around, referring to the business as the business, maybe even if it has your name, maybe giving it a name or just referring it to it as the business. I think is a small start of you know saying, okay, so the business brought in this much this month. It's not me. You know, you're you're just the person that runs it. I think it can be a small thing. Something else, a huge thing actually, apart from the language is. What else is in your life? Like, are you, I was actually saying this to Gemma in a different context, but look at your priorities in your life right now. Is your time and energy matching those priorities? Because I know you love your business. Most of us love business or our business or the results that, you know, our business allows us to have in terms of, you know, the freedom and so on. But apart from your business, what else do you love? What else is important to you? Are you showing up with the same passion and conviction and um, enthusiasm and whatever, everything else for that thing? And starting to shift yourself away from that and maybe spending some time with people that don't have businesses, maybe spending more time you know, doing activities that have nothing to do with business can really slowly start to help you realize that there's more to life than just business and you are so much more as a human being, obviously.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um- I want to talk about something different that I think maybe people will be curious about, but how we became friends, given that I was previously your client, because from like a boundaries perspective, I guess the logical thing to do would be when you've got a client, you keep them as a client and then you hope that they maybe come back again in future. You carry on nurturing them, all that kind of stuff. But at some point we crossed over from that to like messaging each other (laughs) 24-7. How... I guess my question is like, what made you decide that we could go from being client
1: and coach to being friend and friend? That's a very good question that I haven't really thought about. But again, obviously, Gemma, you are my special friend. You are, you know, like my absolute bestie, but you're not the only person that I've worked with that I'm friends with. And I think that um, this has different aspects to it, but maybe a couple of things. One is I really love the people that I work with. In general, when it comes to -to one-to-one, I have a very unpopular opinion. Let me think before I say it out loud to make sure that I'm I'm not gonna be talking shit. I have never worked, yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, I think it's right. I've never worked one-to-one with someone that I wasn't on a sales call with. I think this might surprise some people because you know the trendiest thing online is you know, people paying you 20k in the DMs and stuff like that. Personally, I don't believe in that. If someone is going to be in my space and Talk to and I'm going to talk to them every single day and work with them for three, four, six months a year. I need to know who they are, and that means that I actually got to choose people that the people that I work with. So that means that if I remember before we ever worked together, I used to you know consume your content. I used to talk to you. We used to you know chat on stories, and I used to like compliment you about this and that. It wasn't just an engagement tactic. It was just the fact that like I really liked you as a person. I thought you were awesome. So. I only really work with people that I think are awesome. (laughs) Um, Which means that, um, especially back in the day when I did a lot of one-to-one, I worked with some people that are super, super cool and that meant that as obviously like i like them as human beings as they came into my world and also another thing sorry i feel like it's a it's a very multi-dimensional answer so <laughs> i have to go into a lot of topics so there was that I w- i've spoken to people beforehand so i knew i liked them the other thing is the fact that um i've always shown a lot of me online and who i really am so i feel like i've attracted my kind of people like i think it's very easy for someone to come into my world and really, really like my stuff or really, really not like my stuff. So by attracting my kind of people, they're also people that I, I get on with on a personal level. Um, and then the other thing is the fact that when I work with someone, I do life and business with someone. Like everything is very intertwined. It's very hard to, you know, differentiate the two because your business will affect how you show up in your relationship, your personal life as a mom, as a girlfriend, as a daughter, and so on. So because I do business and mindset, it, it's kind of tied together. So I have had a chance throughout out my work with people to get to know them on a deeper level and sometimes there's just a click with someone there's just the thing of like oh i could talk to you for hours and hours we really get on um and when my time with someone ends which i believe by the way is a very normal thing i've never been the kind of coach that tells people they have to stay with me for years because i believe that's not my job as a coach personally again i know it's a very unpopular opinion but i think i've done a good job if someone feels like they don't need me 24 7 You know, there's not that kind of, you know, codependent relationship. But anyway, when that finishes, then I feel like it's almost an instinct of both parties, myself and the other person to stay in touch or not. Not in a negative way of not staying in touch, but purely as in, you know, we catch up once every few months of like, how are you? And that's it. And the other thing is the fact that I don't really do the whole, like, keeping people engaged. Maybe they'll come back. Like, if they want to come back, they will. If they won't, they won't. I'm hoping this answers a part of it. Um, I feel like I gave a very long-winded answer, like all the other answers, to be honest. No, I think it, it does answer it because I think um,
0: it's very easy to listen to an episode like this and be like, oh, like it's great that they're friends, but I think a lot of people would struggle in a situation where they have a client that's been with them for a long time, they love them, like they get on really well, and then that client's kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go my separate ways now, but I might come back as a client at some point. And it's like, if you want that person as a friend, you know you're probably going to lose the idea of them being a client that's going to pay you because you're going to be friends, you're going to be talking for free. I think it's quite a complicated situation.
1: situation. Let me give you thoughts. I have two close friends who were my friends and they also paid me. And we were able to create a separate relationship. Mm -hmm. Both of these people, uh, we kind of connected online. And we were just like friendly and even got on like, you know, Zoom catch-ups, just being friends. And then at one point they turned around and they said, hey, like, I really need your help with my sales and, you know, with scaling and with launching and all of this stuff. And then they were clients and then they stopped being clients and then they went back to being friends. I love that. I'm really glad you shared that. Like it happened and that's absolutely fine. Like actually, literally the other day um, I had one of my friends who was like, can I pay you for a strategy session? (laughs) You know, like, and she was literally like, I really need your help, but, and maybe this is the thing. I have the kind of friends that would never overstep their boundary and say, Hey, can you spend three hours working with me on my business, but I won't pay you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm someone who as a friend will anyway, like want to help my friends because it's just who I am as a person, but my friends, because again, they're my kind of people would, wouldn't would do that. They were just like, Oh, I want to pay you. Like, can we do a strategy session together? Like, I really need your help with this thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that makes sense, right? Because there's been times where you've said, oh, let me look over your sales page and
1: I just don't send it you. I mean, yeah, there was, like I said, like I am someone who genuinely like I live and breathe like business. You, obviously, you know, this. like, we both, we connect. I think we connect so much over the fact that we both just love entrepreneurship and business. And, you know, we send each other all sorts of like ideas and stuff that we see and stuff that we read because business is just so freaking cool. Um, And a lot of my friends are like that, you know, like they just love business. But I think that the the point of boundary is quite clear when you are around people who are, are as self-aware as you are maybe that's the key like for example if you sit in your sales page and I look at it like I don't think oh my god like Gemma wants me to be her mentor I, never but I think you'd be different if you know um, I don't know I was coaching you every single day or I would say Gemma can you please look at my 50 posts that I just created and leave notes on every single post on how I can make them more like this and like that do you know what I mean Mm-hmm. I think it's, um, it's very much a self awareness piece, and it, it also depends who you're friends with and who your clients are. I don't think that I would advise people to do what I've done in terms of you know the, the boundaries between clients and uh, friends. But I think for me, it happened very naturally. Like it wasn't necessarily a conscious decision. It was just that I came across some awesome people, and I really want to stay in touch with them. And I didn't, that didn't necessarily mean that I wanted to quote, unquote, I'm using air quotes now, force them to be clients, you know, if they were done with that, but I just wanted them in my world. So I kept them in my world as a friend. Yeah. And I also think that
0: I I do have to say you are very good at making friends. I literally said to you the other day, if you sold a course on how to make friends, I'd totally buy it because you have more friends than anyone I know. (laughs) And also you are very good with your boundaries. So I feel like if somebody were to take the piss, you would happily stand up and say, like, I'm not okay with that. And you would communicate that like you're very very good at that whereas other people they might let themselves kind of like be walked all over and not want to upset
1: anybody but I I don't think you would do that yeah I think maybe this is the thing maybe something that our listeners can think about is yeah what are your boundaries like how would you know if someone crossed the boundary and being able to again practicing that like literally I know it's gonna sound ridiculous but I when I started my business I used to say daily affirmations in the mirror twice a day I literally had a card in the bathroom and just looked at myself in the mirror and I was saying those things because I was literally practicing what it would sound like to be at that level that I wanted to be at success, success-wise. Maybe practice your boundaries. Like, how would you feel if right now a client were to do something really crappy to you and you would have to communicate to them that that's not okay? And I think, again, it's kind of hard to say it out loud, but if you start with at least saying it to yourself out loud, see how that feels internally and maybe start from there.
0: Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I think it's one of those things that comes up in business. Like no matter how great your business is, no matter how good your strategy is, you're going to come up against things like this, where it's like, I don't know how to handle this. I don't, I've never communicated with someone in this way before, or I've never come across
1: this issue before. And I guess just part of being a business owner is is figuring it out, isn't it? I mean, you know, like I had a recent situation like this, you know, I'm not going to go into details, but I had a recent situation about like, you know, boundaries and, you know, clients and all these things. And like, I had to, I had a moment that really shook me in terms of boundaries and thinking, oh my God, how do I say this? (laughs) Like I've Mm -hmm. never had to say anything like that before. Um, And it's just normal. I think um, restating your boundaries and also changing your boundaries is very natural as a business owner uh, because maybe something that was okay with you a year or two year ago, it just doesn't fit in the version of you that you are right now or in the way that you run your business right now. And again, going back to changing your mind, that's absolutely fine. You You don't need anyone's permission to for someone to say oh you should be okay with this. you're okay with what you're okay with and it, I think it's very important for your own sanity to say what you're not okay with or else you're going to carry it internally and it's going to weigh you down more and more every single day.
0: What would you say are some of the key things that have led to your success in business? would you say that's
1: one of them? um I actually don't think so. can I be honest like, I, I I know yeah. probably expect that to be yes, but I don't think so I think, I think my success in business, it started with me not imagining a world in which I wasn't successful. Like me having this idea that I could not imagine myself working for someone else and making a few thousand pounds every month and having to ask someone for holidays and having to count my number of days and having to go to a grocery store and think, oh my God, but I cannot buy the fancy chicken. I have to buy the shitty two kilogram chicken thing. You know, there was just, I think that level of conviction was very, very important. And another thing is just taking a lot of messy action, like just doing things, not just thinking about things. And I know we just talked about the fact that I'd be sitting on this bold and business idea for two years, but I, I promise normally I don't sit on things for two years. But I think doing a lot of things has really helped because in my opinion, you don't build confidence in yourself unless you do things and even if you do things and things don't work well you learn something and even if you don't learn something you naturally become more resilient because you realize that you survived it you you know like something failed and you're fine you're still alive um Mm -hmm. so I think building this level of conviction and confidence within yourself is actually the key alongside messy action alongside inner freaking work If you don't work, and again, it's a very like uh, everyone says that mindset is everything, blah, blah, blah. Everyone says it every single day, but it's freaking true. Just because it's a trend online doesn't mean it's less true. I would say um going to therapy, getting a coach, reading some books, spending time with yourself, journaling, um, whatever works for you, I think it's really important to start to understand your emotional states as you move through things. Because it's very easy to put labels on stuff and unless you understand yourself and what that stuff actually means for you, and you just labor yourself with what you hear other people say, I think that that can cause a lot of problems. So starting to know yourself, understand yourself, understand how you react to things, I think is very important. Like I recently, again, Gemma knows the whole shebang, but I've gone through a lot of things business-wise over the last six to eight months, and that have really shifted my perspective in a lot of ways around how I want to do business. So for example, a big one for me personally is I'm not doing launches anymore. Like I'm doing a few launches over the coming months to launch the things that I will have because I cannot not launch them because they have to exist. But otherwise I'm done with launching because it doesn't work for me anymore. It doesn't work for my uh, mental capacity, for my you know energetic capacity and how I feel within myself, for my time and so on. And that is just, you know, one example of what I know is going to lead me to my next level of success is just checking it with myself at every point and be like, does this still work? How do I feel about this? What do I need from this? What else do I need here? What is missing for me? What will make me feel even happier? And so on. I feel like this is the perfect note to end on. Uh, but before we do,
0: I want to ask you one final question. Uh, what are you working on right now?
1: Oh my God. What am I not working on? <laughs> so um, I did Like I was saying, the biggest thing for me is actually creating some new offers and bringing back some of my, you know, proven and beloved offers that haven't been available for a while. So right now, actually, I have brought back one of my programs called In Demand, which is all about content and authority, how to sell with a small audience, all of that good stuff, and also bringing back my sales academy, Better Sales Academy, which is all around, you know, how to make life-first business sales. That's exciting. You excited? Yes, I'm so freaking excited. (laughs) I am actually so pumped um, and it feels really freaking good to feel like that especially um, if there are any moms listening who have been out of business for a while or just not as connected it's such an amazing feeling to get back in touch with the stuff that you love without the BS and I feel like for me there's been a lot of BS I've removed it and now I'm like I love what I'm doing it's just it feels so good so yeah I'm mega excited
0: oh I love that for you it makes me happy too um <sighs> where can people can find you
1: how can they connect with you so Bold in Business, everything, my website, uh, my Instagram, my podcast as well. And if you want to connect with me on a personal level, there's also Claudia Manjok. Um, And also, if you like free stuff, um, I have a badass sales planner. So basically, it's a planning freebie that is going to help you figure out how you can actually nail your sales. There's a training, a sheet, the whole shebang. I'm sure Jemma is going to leave the links below. But yeah, come join the party on Instagram, Bold in Business.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for talking to me again, even though we talk all the time.